Hey guys, this is uh, episode 11. Uh, trying to get at least one episode a month out. I know I'm running behind, but I hope you guys like this one. It ends up mostly being uh, a little bit of news uh, coverage and then a recap of the Grand National Roadster Show trip. Um, it was a good time, uh, even with the, the issues I had, which you'll you'll hear about later if you choose to, to keep listening, which I certainly hope you do. I did see that the system I used to, you know, kind of edit and, and put these podcasts out, they've added some new features. I'm kind of excited. Uh, one of them looks like it will let you guys, like, uh, I guess, leave a voice recording or a question or whatever, which I, I don't know if you guys are interested in, but I, I think is really cool. And so if you guys start, you know, using it, I will, you know, <laughs> It, I'll, if it works and it fits in, I'll, I'll fit them in. So um, if you go to the website link for the, the episode and you see an option to leave a, a voice message, uh, give it a shot. We'll see if it works. It'd be really cool to, to be able to have that you know extra level or layer of interaction with you guys. Um, anyway, I hope you guys like the show. I apologize it's shorter than I intended and it also I didn't get to... To tackle the interviews I wanted uh, because of the issues that I have, but uh, or I had with the truck, Trucky Verde. But uh, I've got her back now. She's running great. Uh, fingers crossed. This is this. Everything's good with the transmission and it'll hold. But uh, time will tell. We will see. So yeah. Without further ado, I hope you guys really enjoy the show. And as always, you know, like, subscribe, uh, leave comments. Uh, hit me up on my Facebook or my Instagram. I respond as as, many, as fast and as much as I possibly can. And I always really like seeing your projects and interacting with you guys there. So, yeah. Uh, thanks again for, for listening and giving me another shot. And um, hope to get a, another episode out uh, by the end of the month uh about the uh, Lone Star Roundup trip, which uh, I'll be leaving on next week. So pretty excited about that. Anyway, I uh, hope you guys are doing well and that you enjoy the show. Hello. We're going to go ahead and I'm going to go ahead, I should say, and try and get this in one take. Uh, let's get some news out of the way. So... I'm pretty excited about this. I don't get to do a lot of motorcycle news uh, that often, but Indian announced they're going to do 29 examples of Tyler O'Hare's race bike. Uh, it's supposed to be an exact replica or exact as they're willing to do, I guess, of his race bike that he's been so dominant on in the King of Baggers races, which if you're not watching, you should really get that figured out because it's amazing to watch. Those guys are you know, basically most of the riders, if not all, switch back and forth between MotoGP uh, and other types of racing. Uh, Tyler O'Hare is also doing the uh, dirt track racing, and that, I mean, that's incredible to watch too, but there's something about watching, albeit modified, you know, bagger, big full frame baggers on the same courses that the MotoGP guys race, just going hell-bent for leather, and he has been killing it in that race. Um, so 
it's really neat that Indian is doing a limited run of these. Uh, it's I'm on a uh, okay. So I think it's cool. Let me start there. I do think it's cool. Uh, here's some weirdness. It's a ninety-two thousand dollar bike that you can't drive on the street. It's, it's not street legal. It's um, probably gonna unfortunately end up. Uh, on dealer floors, you know, as a static display, really. I don't know how many guys are going to, you know, take a $92,000 bike and, you know, jump on it and ride the shit out of it on a race course. Uh, I don't know what it takes to qualify to run at a King of Baggers event, but I would imagine you'd have to be at the MotoGP level or better. Um, I'm not sure what the licensing, you know, requires or if this bike if Indian will let you ride this bike against them in a race. But I guess what I'm getting at is it doesn't seem like there's a lot of use for it or a lot of opportunity where you would be able to use it. So I expect these will end up in private collections and probably not, you know, get a lot of wear on those tires. But it's still cool. Uh, lots, of, lots of other motorcycle manufacturers have done this. Um, I'm hoping you know, that Indian is as successful. I'm always rooting for an American uh, based brand to do well. So that's cool. I would like to see Indian do a consumer level version. I'm not sure why they haven't. It certainly makes sense. The King of Baggers race definitely has a following. They could do a, you know, much more than 29 examples of the challenger with a version of Tyler O'Hare's livery. His uh, original livery was, it's not bad looking. I think it's its a cool looking bike. And if they were to put the gold shocks on it and, you know, the engine up, maybe a few engine upgrades and, you know, do a limited run of them, I'm, I'm sure guys would buy them. I'd be interested if I was walking into an Indian dealership and I had a choice between maybe, say, an entry-level Challenger or a mid-level Challenger versus you know, this uh, limited run version with some of the upgrades at a, you know, comparable price. And it would be cool to see him on the street. Uh, would give some more cachet to the to the race. And for folks that maybe don't know about King of Baggers, it would, you know, it would make that conversation something that could happen out in the wild. So, uh, hey, Indian, make a Tylo hair version for... Thus, regular people. I think you'll sell. In other Challenger news, Dodge dropped the new Demon, and it is confusing. <laughs> uh, so I'm I'm a fan of the Dodge Challenger. I know it's it's kind of played out to a lot of people. I don't care. I you know the heart wants what it wants. I am always stoked to see a V8 rear wheel drive car from anybody. And that Dodge has had such great success with these is fantastic, I think. Um, the Demon 0 to 60 times are 1.66 seconds, and that is mind blowingly incredible. If you would have told me back in the 90s when car magazines were a thing, you know, that a Dodge would be putting down a one, a street legal Dodge that you could just, you know, walk into a dealership, cut a check for, and drive out would drop a consistent 0 to 60 at 1.66 seconds, I'd have laughed in your face. I'd have never believed it. Uh, 
but that's the times we're in. Uh, they achieved that by bumping the boost up to 40%. Uh, I understand that there were some internals that were upgraded as well. It's putting out 1,025 horse. They're only going to make 3,300 examples. And their pricing is between 96000 and 134000 to start. Uh, some of the things I found confusing about it uh, were that it was introduced in March, but the car that they showed wasn't an F8 green. Uh, I mean, there was even leprechauns in some of their videos. I mean, I guess they were alluding to maybe how pasty Irish folks are. I I'm not sure, but it is what it is. Uh, it is a cool looking car. It, I mean, it doesn't look different really than, you know, what you you're used to. It's, it's, you know, all the changes are under the, the hood and in the software, but the, I guess some of the Easter eggs, uh, Dodge has kind of gone the Marvel route with some of their commercials and they, they're, they do all these like Easter eggy illusions, you know, hints and stuff in their videos. But I guess they started putting out the videos before, the power numbers and uh, some of the performance numbers were finalized. So the math just didn't work out. And that's, that's kind of weird. I'm not, I mean, I get that they're trying to, to drum up excitement, but guys, you're building a car that does zero to 60 in 1.66 seconds. It is so much more powerful than the original demon that it doesn't pull the wheel a little bit. It pulls both front wheels noticeably on a launch. It comes with a goddamn parachute. Guys, that's what we want. We don't need the helicopter entrance. We don't need the explosions as it runs down the track. Uh, reach out to the Top Gear guys. Get their filmography guy. They're all their guys out that do all their their photo shoots and the you know their filming. Give us. I don't know. 45 50 second slow-mo shots of this son of a bitch pulling both front wheels off the line and we're good it the car's going to sell we don't need the helicopter uh i don't know that we need the leprechauns uh, especially if you're not going to paint the car green again i do think going with white was a bit of a jab i don't i, I was shocked it didn't have a, a red flaked roof Making fun of Irish folks that way, if that was your intent. I'm sure it wasn't, but it's kind of funny to think it might have been. But that's the new Dodge Demon. Um, I think it's cool. Uh, I definitely, had I the money and the space, I, I would absolutely order one. I mean, I, I probably would have ordered the, even though it's not green, I probably would have ordered the Black Ghost Edition. Um, but... Anyway, Dodge Challenger, super cool. Uh, I hope, I know we're ending the end of their, you know, targeted production end date, but I gotta say, with the way electrics are looking and all of my issues that I have with electrics, I really hope that Dodge goes the Pagani route. Uh, the way Pagani, Horatio Pagani was with Azonda, where he was like, this is the last one, and then he does 10 more, you know, and those are the last ones okay, wait a minute, maybe like 10 more. So here's to Dodge hoping that they just kind of keep kicking that can down the road a little bit longer. Um, in Dodge Electric news, Dodge announced their version of the Ford Lightning. Uh, the, I don't know, guys. I think it's, I think it's decent looking. 
the Dodge uh, Ram REV is what they're calling it. Uh, they didn't release any specifications. They basically just said that they are targeting uh, availability in the fourth quarter of 2024 and that it's going to be designed to offer best um, the best combination of range, towing, payload, and charging time. Which, yeah, no shit. I mean, that's what everybody is trying to do with these EVs. Um, I don't really have anything else to say on that in regards to it's like all the shit that everybody's saying, uh, especially here in California. Um, and you know, if anybody's going to solve the problem first, you would think it would be California, the way our politics are and, um, you know, all the shit that our politicians talk. We don't have the charging infrastructure to handle all this. Um, the chargers are not always in great places. We don't have a requirement yet for universal charging. You know, Tesla's got its own charging grid and then there's, you know, two or three others. And if you listen to any podcaster or any anybody that's had any of these electric vehicles and tried to do a road trip or tried to do, you know, anything other than just a straight commute, it fucking sucks. And... I mean, I've got three road trips planned this year, and I realized that I am not the norm for, you know, most people don't do that many road trips. I get that, but I also don't think I'm that far out of, you know, out of the norm. You know, I think it would be weird that if people didn't drive someplace other than their commute at least once or twice a year, and having that the limitation of you know, where am I going to charge this thing when I get there? Is that charger going to work? If the charger works, am I going to get the, you know, the max capacity charging? Am I going to get that hot shit? Or am I going to have to sit there for two hours in a sketchy area, hoping I'm not, you know, robbed by a crackhead? Those are legit questions. And I just, I, I'm seeing a lot more manufacturers coming out with models and I don't, than I am hearing people talk about what are the solutions to our power grid. So there's that. My other question is, it's a little strange to me that both Ford and Dodge are choosing to do truck models uh, without doing an SUV. It seems to me that an SUV would be the move because they're trying to, I mean, obviously I don't have access to their marketing. Um, they're not, you know, these are just not conversations that they have publicly, but especially in Ford's case where the, I would imagine that the chassis swap between a Ford Lightning and the Expedition would be relatively straightforward. Um, it's just shocking to me that they don't offer, you know, the, the SUV version. It seems like that would be the seller to me. I've met a couple of guys that are running lightnings. Uh, there is a guy here locally that owns a pool cleaning business. Uh, he has, I think he has one, maybe two lightnings and he absolutely loves them. So I, I mean, I'm not, I, I definitely see that there's a market and I, I, it makes sense that the truck would be a thing, but it's weird to me that the truck is the thing that there isn't an SUV variant is what I'm getting at. So uh, no other real specs on the Dodge Ram REV. I'm sure it will be uh, comparable to the to the Lightning in, in every way. Uh, Dodge has been really good about 
you know, seeing what the other guy basically pulling the old Mr. Nissan, you know, where they kind of hang back and see what the other guy is doing and then, you know, meet or beat what what the other specs are. So uh, I have a feeling that the REV will be in alignment with that, but that remains to be seen. Um, and when I say that these guys are not doing an SUV, obviously I mean a full size. I mean, I know Dodge has got the Hornet and Ford has got other variations that are electrified, but, you know, I know there's guys probably yelling at the radio <laughs> or like thinking in their ear pods, like, how does this guy not know that they have an electric SUV already? And obviously I'm talking about the full size platform. So I'm sure they will eventually, but, um, we'll see. It's just weird to me that they would do a truck before they would do an SUV where I, when I would think that the SUV would be more in alignment with, uh, you know, what people are purchasing, but what, I mean, obviously what do I know? Uh, Rivian dropped their truck first. Uh, their SUV followed. I have seen a ton of the Rivian trucks driving around, uh, at least where I live. And I think they're great. Although, uh, we saw a white one and my daughter, said that it looked like Baymax because of its, uh, if you haven't seen a Rivian, if you look at the front of it, it's got two big kind of ovally um, eyes really where you, you know, the headlights is, is a bar that goes all the way across the front and it's interrupted by two tall skinny ovals. And uh, at least to my daughter's eye, it looked like Baymax. And now every time I see a Rivian, I can't unsee that. And that's not a bad thing. It's a cute movie. Um, but they, like I said, they have the, the SUV variant out for Rivian. And it's weird to me that Ford, um, especially with it being the F1, F-150 based chassis, uh, that the Expedition, there wouldn't be an Expedition available variant already. I know Dodge hasn't had a full size SUV, uh, at least not in the American market. Uh, I believe in uh, Mexico that they had a few variants where they, they built a full size SUV on the Ram chassis. I know that there was there was a uh, Ram Charger, uh, which is like their version of the Ford Bronco or the two-door Chevy Blazer, uh, full size that they built for the Mexican and South American market, but uh, never made it to North America. So I don't know. We'll see. I'm sure it's coming. But uh, yeah, moving on in other news. All right, so I meant to do this sooner. I really wanted to wait until I had Trucky Verde back and you know had spent some more time with her. Uh, I did get her back, uh, but I'll get into that. So I'll just give you guys a quick recap of my Grand National Roadster show trip. Um, I did have high hopes of hooking up with some guys down there to podcast with, and it just didn't work out. And that was, uh, well... <laughs> Trucky Verde's fault. So, um, on the way down, I like to meander. Uh, I like to stop. I always stop at Stone Custom Fab. You know, uh, what's up to Jake? His his shop makes me happy. Um, I've been stopping there for God years now, and just watching him continuously push and grow his own brand and like product line and stuff like that is just it's really cool to see. And uh, I've been a fan of his since, you know, he, he opened his shop uh, at his current location. And 
I'm just always, I, it's a it's a stop for me. I always stop in. Uh, he gave, always just takes time and like kind of walks me through what he's working on. And someday, uh, someday I'll get to the point where I can drop Trucky Verde off and do that full stock stock floor, you know, body drop frame. You know, if I can even talk him into it at the time. He's I guess he's getting to a point now where he doesn't doesn't have to do shit he doesn't want to do. And I I can understand not wanting to take on a project like that if you don't have to. But always a good stop, uh, stopping in and saying hello to him. And uh, I always stop at a, there's a couple of junkyards I like to stop off at in uh, in the Turlock area. And I was super bummed. Uh, this junkyard that I, I've shot video, you guys you have gone pretty you know, crazy for the videos uh, that I've shot in there because it's, it's super rare these days to, to find a yard that has you know, just one or two cars from the 60s, let alone rows of, you know, Galaxies, Impalas, Cadillacs, some Lincolns, um, you know, and like trucks, you know, from the 70s and 60s and 70s. And um, America, I think, I always forget the name. I can't remember if it was, a. I think it used to be called American Salvage, but it's, it basically, it's gone. Uh, the yard is still there, but uh, the owner sold out and, you know, basically the new guy came in and crushed everything. And that's that's a real bummer. If you go back through my Instagram, you can find, uh, you know, pictures of me uh, that I shot or video that I shot in the yard. And he had a whole one whole side of his yard, like four or five cars wide. And the full length of the yard, uh, well, almost the full length of the yard, which is almost, I would say, maybe, geez, maybe three or four acres deep. Uh, that was just like workable, everything is there project cars, you know, where you could go in and point at one and they would drag it out. And, you know, it had a straight, uh, you know, it, if not a totally straight body, a, you know, all but maybe one fender straight body. And, you know, the interior wasn't molested and, you know, the basically they were cars that he was able to pick up that he deemed worthy of not being allowed to be parted out. And he would keep those on the side. And if, you know, you were looking for a project, you could go in and pick one of those. It super bums me out that all that shit is gone. Uh, from what the lady told me, um, I guess there, he he had tried to sell as many as he could, but basically you know the the new owner came in and just you know crushed everything and and all this it's just all new junk in there it really sucks uh last time i was in there there he had two or three uh like 80s era mini trucks that you could tell you know obviously had fallen out of favor or the owner had uh gone away to vacation on you know the state or federal dime and not returned in time to save them. Uh, so, but you know, you could still see the wild paint, and in some cases, the like updated or custom interior, uh, a couple '80s like lowrider stuff on the new side. But for the most part, you know, he had he had a lot of Ford, Chevy, Dodge stuff from the the late '50s, early '60s to uh, mid '70s. And it's always sad to see a yard like that go away, but. You know, folks get older, they retire, you know, and I guess if there's nobody to take it on that, you know, that's what happens. But always sad to see something like that go. So that was a bummer. Um, I drove Trucky Verde down 
uh, for the show. And I've, you know, new motor, new trans, everything from the radiator back to the rear axle is new. And I could not be happier with the power uh, that, that the, you know, the new 5.3 and the Magnuson supercharger are putting out. Uh, I caught a lot of shit for not upgrading the transmission uh, out the gate. Ta uh, Matt and I talked about it and uh, his transmission guy assured us that he could build the, you know, rebuild the 4L60 to take, you know, take the heat. And uh, he was wrong. <laughs> he was fucking wrong. Um, and, and that's I'll get in. I'll, I'll I'll elaborate further. But I'm I'm not mad about it. I'm certainly not upset. You know, uh, no, I don't have any ill will or bad feelings towards the guys at TBR. They've been amazing. Uh, and I'll I'll kind of talk about that as as we go. But. On the drive down, uh, one example, like I'm still breaking this thing in, so I'm not, I can't say I haven't, you know, lost a little tread off the tires at a stop sign or two in, you know, in the, in the interest of science since I picked it up. But for the most part, I, I work from home, so, you know, I'm not commuting in it at all. Uh, I drive it to get coffee, you know, sometimes, and if I got to get out of the house or I might drive it to go get a sandwich or something. Uh, once or twice a week so you know even having her home I, I would not put in very many miles in fact I I after the initial break-in oil change I, I don't think I put more than you know uh, other than this trip to LA um, I don't think I put more than one or two tanks of gas through her so um, anyway uh, on the way down from LA she's running amazing uh, I was just mostly cruising it's going down 99 uh, I know most guys like to take five because uh, it's they're both straight shots but you know there's just not hardly anything on i5 and so if you were or if I was trying to you know break a break a record of some kind you would choose five there's just less less entrances and exits on that freeway there's less shit out there but you know i like the shit and i like i like meandering i like stopping at some of these yards so i always take 99 and uh one of the uh after actually after uh after leaving jake's spot uh, i got back on 99 heading south to la and this guy uh you know just kamikaze onto the freeway he came on the entrance and i don't know what he was doing or thinking but he just like full-on kamikaze style heading towards the fast lane and had i not been paying attention he would have hit me broadside like no question but it was a one of the rare times where i just matted the fucking gas i i just was like oh shit thankfully i had an out um i stood on it and it was one of those things you know you just like it was a reaction uh, fight or flight and so I you know I saw an out and this guy was coming at me I stood on it and you know got out and around the the vehicle that was in front of me and by the time I looked down at the speedometer so from the time it took me to move the wheel to the left stand on it move the wheel to the left and then back to center and then back you know back into the lane to go around the guy in front of me put some distance between me and the shithead getting on the freeway I, th I was probably, let's say, for legal purposes, um, 
let's say I was I was doing the speed limit for sure. And by the time I looked down, I was uh, still doing the speed limit, but way, 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 way fucking more. But still the speed limit. <laughs> I don't know. How, I don't know how else to say it without incriminating myself. But holy shit. That thing pulls. Uh, I was super stoked on it. And, you know, of course, just let off and coasted. Everything was great. Everything was going fine until I got to the grapevine where there was a, a big rig fire. Um, not sure what happened. By the time we got there, it was put out. But, uh, you know, stop and go traffic on uh, the basically the, the first major grade going through the grapevine and I was kind of just, you know, sitting there idling or bumping off the converter going, you know, stop and go, stop and go with traffic. So that murdered the transmission. Uh, I lost, uh, I didn't lose first, but it it definitely wasn't shifting. And I, I just wasn't, basically I wasn't getting anything past second. Um, and like first was super questionable. So I made the call to Matt and, you know, he said, well, you know, if you can move it, you know, they put a big Dural, um, you know, uh, trans cooler on it. That's, you know, bigger than most Honda radiators by itself. So he's like, you know, as long as you can keep the temp down, you know, you should be okay to limp it in. Uh, so I, I drove it from, I even hurt. I made it all the way from the grapevine into LA, into Pomona and to my hotel. So, you know, can't, can't complain too much about that. And, uh, unfortunately because of that failure, I wasn't able to, you know, really push to meet with the guys I wanted to do the podcast with, um, trying not to do too many more, uh, more over the phone type podcast interviews. Although I just don't see that I'm going to have a choice to be honest. It's, it is what it is. I'll figure it out. I want to, I want to do the best for you guys. I can, uh, really think that the in-person interview is, is a better way to go. Not only audio quality wise, but just conversationally, but you know, we'll see, we'll see. So that sucks. I missed out on that. Um, basically she was, once she got to the hotel, she was done. Transmission was not moving at all. I did, uh, you know, reach out and uh, I had a really big thank you to the folks at Magnuson. Um, Matt was able to contact them. They didn't have an in-house transmission guy. Uh, and the guy that they did recommend was, didn't want to mess with it because I wasn't local. And, you know, he wanted to be able to to certify or like service the transmission. If I had issues with it going forward, I really didn't want to have it service local. I just didn't know what else to do. Uh, I even reached out to, uh, Amco and the guys at the Amco in uh, in Pomona were fantastic, super nice guys. All of them. Uh, if you have to get a service at an Amco, I guess if you're down there in Pomona, they, they were, they were really nice to me. So, uh, I didn't end up ultimately getting it serviced there. Uh, if you follow my Facebook or Instagram, you'll, you, you know, already that, uh, I was able to have AAA take the truck to basically a, a friend's place in Fresno 
and then uh, Matt and the TBR guys were kind enough to drive down and, you know, pick it up from Fresno and take it the rest of the way to their shop. So, um, man, big shout out. Thank you to the guys at TBR. They've been fantastic. Uh, they had the truck for a long time, uh, they, a little bit over a month, uh, which is why this is so delayed. They, you know, pulled the transmission, uh, the clutch pack was fucking gone. And of course, all of that, you know, the clutches all coming apart, you know, clogged all the lines, which, you know, destroyed the new uh, rate, the, you know, the trans cooler that they put on it. And so basically all of that shit had to come back out. And, um, their trans guy is up in, uh, Redding. So, you know, there's the getting the transmission to him and then getting it rebuilt and then bring it back. Uh, didn't charge me a dime. So, I mean, again, I work from home, so I wasn't super inconvenienced. I did end up having a loaner Ford C-Max, which I will talk about later. Um, but it, yeah, it fucked up my Grand National Roadster Show trip. Yeah, it fucked up my podcasting that I was hoping to do while I was down there, the interviews I was hoping to get to. But it didn't stop me from having a great trip. Uh, I did have a buddy, thankfully. Um, uh, my, <laughs> As I like to call him, the brother I never wanted. A uh, guy I know since high school uh, came down. And so uh, I was able to bum a ride from him. And we went to the show together. And... Uh, it was a great show. I mean, it's Grand National Roadster Show. It's always great seeing all the guys that you don't get to see, you know, except for at those type of shows. Uh, running into the Dead End guys is always a good time. There's, there are such great guys. If you're not following Dead End Magazine, if you don't have Dead End gear, you know, in your closet, you know, or a Dead End hat, you know, I, I don't know what you're waiting for. They're great guys. Absolutely worth your money supporting them. Uh, they put out amazing YouTube content. Uh, I basically will put their channel on in the mornings and just let it run in the background all day because it's, you know, nothing but the best of like, you know, lowrider, customs, stuff like that. So uh, real, always cool running into them. Um, but yeah, that was Grand National Roadster Show. Uh, I did on Sunday end up picking up a Ford Mustang rental uh, and it ended up giving me a convertible, which uh, I've, if you listen to earlier podcasts, you'll know, like uh, I've kind of, I talked about it. I don't want to get into it too much, but I'm doing, I have lost a considerable amount of weight and previously I just was not able to fit into uh, a pony car of any kind. And now I can. And so it was really cool uh, that you know, in the mix of this, you know, being bummed about what happened with the truck, but having the opportunity, you know, to, even though it was forced to, to spend some time with a, in a Ford Mustang, even though it was the two liter, which, you know, obviously I wouldn't, wouldn't have chosen. Uh, I was surprised that, I man, it, it was peppy. Like it wasn't fast. Uh, and it certainly sounded, let's say interesting. Uh, but it was fun. Uh, and I really genuinely uh, had forgotten how good it feels to drop the top on a car. If you've never owned a convertible or if you're not a convertible guy or girl, I, I can't recommend, you know, go out of your way one time. Give it a try. Um, my first car was a convertible and uh, I still have it. Uh, it's a project. I got hit by a drunk in it and I've been collecting parts to put it back together. 
someday I'll get there, but I haven't driven her, you know, for real in, you know, probably 20 years or well, more than 20 years. And so getting in this Mustang, you know, at first it was kind of shitty weather and then it cleared up. And as soon as it cleared up, you know, I dropped that top and man, it was like a weight being lifted off my shoulders. I genuinely felt physically better. You know, as the top went down, it just felt better and I couldn't help it. Uh, I was on my own. My buddy had to leave uh, that morning. So I had Sunday to kick around LA trying to figure out how I was still going to get Trucky Verde back. And so I was like, fuck it. I shot out to Venice, uh, drove down the coast, uh, shot some cool pictures, had a really good time uh, just driving around this little Mustang and it was comfortable. Um, not used to Ford's layout. Uh, you know, all my newish vehicles, my daily drivers have been GM, you know, GMC trucks or Chevy, you know, Silverado trucks, you know, OBS forward, uh, pretty much my whole life. So, you know, trying to figure out Ford's layout was, it was a challenge. Um, I've driven plenty of other shit, but for some reason, like I, I couldn't get the air conditioning to work. Uh, I couldn't get the heating to work. Maybe it was broken. I, I don't know, but it just didn't feel like it didn't feel like I was making it do what I wanted it to do. Uh, and again, I don't know if it was broke or maybe it was me, but the controls didn't and they don't they didn't feel good. Like they didn't feel like quality controls the the you know the buttons and knobs felt kind of like delicate and they didn't have a lot of you know when you push a button in and you can feel the push the button push in and then the you know, the mechanism locks you know or the you know you make the you feel the res, the resistance of the button you know selection being made and that the throw on ford switches is so shallow it just I don't know. It just didn't have a good feel to me, if that makes sense. Um, another thing that was weird about the Mustang was that uh, it's got basically there, you know, it's a convertible. So there's no pillar. There's the A pillar and then, you know, the top goes down. There's no B pillar, no C. And so the windows, when you touch the door, they do that thing where they jump down so they can get down out of the, the seal and you can open, but the back, the rear, the back windows, you know, behind the door, they couldn't roll up all the way. So I think the convertible top was just like out of adjustment and it was preventing the windows from rolling up. It didn't really bother me that much. It did increase the wind noise, but you know, I do drive older vehicles pretty regularly. So, you know, it wasn't that big a deal for me, but it did shock and kind of bummed me out that I was like, wow, you know, this is a brand new Ford convertible and it's not right. Um, you know, at least in the top mechanism just wasn't set right. It was preventing those back windows from coming up all the way and sealing. I did try it a couple times with the top down. Uh, but when you put the top down and the windows up, they'd seal, you know, and everything lined up perfect. But if you put the top up, even with the windows already up, the windows kind of come down just a little bit to accommodate the top and then they go back up and there's nothing you can do. It's it's built into the way that mechanism works. So, you know, there just wasn't like a, a workaround to make it right if you were going to leave the top up. 
so that kind of sucked but um yeah it was it was cool I, I really enjoyed it so i drove that mustang from uh you know all around la and then down the coast a little bit and then um, after I had uh, arranged with AAA to drag the truck up to Fresno so that Matt could pick it up, I had drove the Mustang all the way back to Sacramento, and I was comfortable the whole way. So I am definitely thinking about a pony car. Uh, I don't know if it'll be a Mustang. I haven't driven a Camaro yet, and I have been on Turo quite a bit. Um, I have a trip to Texas coming up, so I'll you know, I might, I've been looking at Camaros to, you know, rent for the time when I'm down in Texas for the Lone Star Roundup, but I really genuinely enjoyed the Mustang. Uh, I, even with the two liter, when I, you know, had to return it, you know, I got home, unloaded my luggage. Uh, my kids were, they, you know, they were really stoked to see it. They've never ridden in anything like that. So, uh, they rode with me to the airport to drop it off. And uh, when we got to the airport, there's, you know, you got to fill it up before you drop it off. And so there's, it's, you know, it's all right there at the Sacramento airport to return it. So, you know, I, I dropped the top for him, even though it was freezing and we cruised around the airport, like uh, the Cloverleaf a little bit, you know, and they just loved it. And it was really cool. So um, it was hard to give back and I didn't expect that. Um, I genuinely enjoyed that little car and I can only imagine how much better it would have been, you know, with even the, you know, the entry level V8, uh, you know, not even anything special like a, you know, a Shelby or, you know, just like a GT, like I think would have been made all the difference. So, uh, yeah, that was pretty much my Grand National Roadster trip. Uh, getting back from Grand National Roadster Show, the whole like Truckee Verde update as it sits right now. Um, TBR got the new trans in for me. Uh, we determined that the transmission had never really been locking up. And when they did the post-mortem on the trans, it seemed, I guess there's an internal filter that may not have been pressed all the way in uh, when the rebuild happened. So it was never fully locking up. And uh, that really does jive with the experience that they were trying to tune out of it, thinking it was maybe a computer issue, but it turns out it just didn't have the pressure. Um, so uh, even the dyno numbers are, you know, that, that we had were way off. So with the previous transmission, it was putting down uh, 474 uh, or, or so horse to the wheels and that's even with my big old heavy Hecho and Chinas, uh, you know, 22 inch snowflakes that are on it. So um, even at even at that time, Matt was saying, you know, with uh, because they couldn't they had a, a there was a, vi a vibration at the top end that they didn't feel comfortable pushing. You know, they felt the numbers would have been better if I'd had a better set of wheels on the back. Um, so I, I mean, super happy with the power. With the new transmission uh, that they have in it now, uh, they're tuning it now. It's it's at the shop. They they gave it back to me. I drove it for a while. They just they came and got it from me last night. Um, it is already kind of slipping in first, and we don't know if that's a tuning issue or if it's just that that 4L60 is not going to be enough to hold up. So we'll see. Uh, they're going to tune it and dyno it again. It'll be really interesting to see what the numbers are. 
because I can tell that there's a difference uh, already just in the short time I got, I had it back, you know, from the, between this transmission and the previous one. But if this one goes, we're going to go, you know, to the, uh, to the, the 90, I guess, or the 4L, the, I can't remember, my mind's blank, 4L80 or 4L90, whatever it is, or 6L, whatever it is, the, the next one up. Um, so we'll see. Um, but the, the Magnuson engine, uh, or Magnuson supercharger, and the, you know, the, you know, carb legal performance version of the 5.3 that they were able to, to have built for me in Washington, the, Everything from the bell housing, between the bell housing and the radiator has been phenomenal. So it'll be really cool to, to finally get a trans behind it or get a tune on it where it holds to, to see what it does. And I do have the smaller pulley for the supercharger, but until this transmission thing is square, I'm not going to mess with that. Uh, when we initially did the work, uh, Matt put in the higher flow fuel pump and the bigger injectors and everything. So it's basically the smaller pulley and a tune away from, you know, whatever comes next. But yeah, until I get a transmission that, you know, I'm not worried about losing, uh, we're just, we're not, obviously we're not going to take that step. So that was Grand National. Uh, the cars were phenomenal. The, uh, you know, I, I've posted all the coverage already. You know, if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, you've seen it. Uh, it was a bummer not having a Galaxy there. It was a bummer not having, you know, Truckee Verde to drive around. But all in all, it was a fantastic show. Um, I might talk about it a little bit more. There were a few things that I wanted to get into. Um, but I don't know how comfortable I am talking about that right now. Um, so we'll see. Um, yeah, that was Grand National. The other thing that uh, I had mentioned that I, I really wanted to have Shane here. Uh, he's my buddy locally that I go to the Cars and Coffees with. Um, so, yeah, let's talk about Cars and Coffee. So the Cars and Coffee up here is really good, I think. Um, I, I'm super fortunate to live where I live. I just got really lucky and got into you know, somehow a home that I could afford in an area I really shouldn't be able to afford to live in. So, um, as such, the cars and coffee reflects that, you know, it's not abnormal to see a McLaren or a Ferrari or, you know, an Aston Martin or, you know, any of the high end shit, um, you know, that most normal guys wouldn't see it shows up from time to time. So that's really cool. Um, but along with that is the stuff you do expect to see, you know, your hot rods, your customs, you know, your occasional low rider, uh, you know, muscle cars, mini trucks. Uh, it's really cool that the C10 guys um, have a really big presence out here and they show up from time to time. They're always fun to, to see and to hang out with. But um, so the, this recently I drove the my Buick uh I have a 41 Buick Super Coupe. If you haven't seen pictures of it, it's on my Instagram. It's been on my Facebook. Uh, it's a it's just crazy that I own it. To be honest, it is. Uh, it's an exceptionally well maintained car. Uh, it's see, from you know what me and other people that have seen it. Uh, it looks like it has you know most of uh original paint from 1941 still on it 
Um, I mean, it's it's a pretty clean car, and I I have had quite a bit of work done. Uh, had the engine resealed, and you know, sent all the the tins off to Sherms to be chrome plated, and uh, had the guys over at Blue Collar move the seat back for me because I am too fucking tall to fit in every anything for the most part. Uh, but moving the seat back worked out fantastic for me. Uh, I also had the blue collar guys put in some scoops in the rear, rear fenders, uh, which unbolt from the body. They were the only two places of rust in the entire car. And it just didn't make sense to me to spend the time and the money to put it back stock when I had an opportunity to do something cool. So, and that was ultimately always the vision for the car anyway, you know, was to, to build, a traditional custom so that was my kind of first step in that direction but anyway so I, I drove the Buick to this Cars and Coffee and you know I always try and get there early so you get a good spot and you know park the car and get out and make the rounds you know just walking around and everything was cool uh, I didn't really spend much time hanging around my own car because I'm there to see what shows up and when it was time to go <laughs> I'm like this is when it gets weird so I get back to the car, uh, me and Shane jump in, you know, and we're kind of doing the whole pre-flight thing, you know, put the hood down and guys are like, oh, you know, hey, is this your car? And um, while I am certainly not as young as most people think I am, um, I guess I am young enough that, you know, the old timers or, you know, I guess the popular term right now, like the boomer generation, they're always shocked to see, I guess, a guy that looks like me driving a car of that vintage. Um, and that's cool. You know, no, no harm, no foul. I certainly would. I'm always stoked just to see when I don't give a shit who's driving it, but you know, so you got to, you do the, you know, the, the shuffle where you're talking to the guys about the car and, uh, we get in the car and this guy, uh, like appears on the driver's side, kind of a wild looking guy. Maybe I would have to guess probably in his late, 60s or early 70s and he just like launches into this tirade about a poor experience he had shipping his own car uh, uh i guess i think he said it was like a 40s era oldsmobile uh he launches into this whole story which is cool i'm down for the story but you know we were like in the car trying to leave and then you know this guy shows up so, I'm, you know, listening to the story, everything's fine. And then this other guy, you know, kind of comes in and I'm, I'm parked next to a Bronco that came in after and he parked like too close to me, but you know, whatever. And so there, these guys are kind of wedged in and between the Buick and this brand new Ford Bronco. And this guy is, you know, he's balls deep into this story about how he had this shitty experience having a, you know, buying this Oldsmobile and having it shipped when this other old timer shows up and he's like kind of squeezing his head in the window, trying to ask me a question about the car to which the first guy takes offense to. And I'm just, you know, I'm sitting in the car. I'm just trying to be polite. I'm trying to fucking leave. But the, uh, the first guy, calls the other guy an asshole like in his face like not under his breath not like you know as an aside to me these i mean their heads are within the span of the you know driver's side window of my 41 buick which isn't a huge window on its own and so the the second old guy gets like offended and instead of going 
back the way he came, you know, towards the back of the car and around, uh, he tries to squeeze by the Bronco and this guy and my Buick. And the first guy is already not happy with him for, I guess, the perceived rudeness of, of, you know, butting into the conversation. And he fucking elbows the guy. And I'm like, oh, shit, like old dude fight. This is really, you know, sideways. Uh, I didn't expect it to go like that. And the second guy like lost his balance and like kind of bounces off of the Bronco and off of the driver front fender of my my Buick. And I mean, not a hard bounce, but, you know, he obviously had lost his balance. And so I put my hand on the door handle like to get out with thinking I'm going to have to go, you know, pick this poor guy up. You know, but I can't open the door because the first guy's there and he's like calling this guy an asshole and like, you know, fuck that guy and, you know, this and that. And I'm like, holy no shit. You know, this I don't want there to be a fight between two old guys. I also don't want there to be a fight like on the fenders of my car. Um, and that's when I noticed that the second old guy who is now like falling into you know the walking traffic of cars and coffee in front of my car and fr- and this bronco only has one leg <laughs> this guy like legit elbowed a one-legged man in the fucking ribs <laughs> and knocked this guy down and as he's fa- as he's falling and i noticed you know he's got the one he's got shorts on so i can see he's got like a carbon fiber like fake leg uh he also drops his phone and just blows the fucking screen out of this this phone (laughs) it is so weird like i don't know it's just not what i expected at a sunday you know or saturday morning cars and coffee um and in the meantime uh shane you know is on the passenger side and he's talking to another old timer who uh, I guess was blocking the guy who was parked on the other passenger side who happened to be in this 36 Ford and the guy in the 36 Ford leaves or is trying to leave, um, you know, but it's, it's still relatively packed and he, he makes this weird. And again, keep in mind, like I'm watching this like old, old man, like fight dance go on and I catch out of the right side of my vision the 36 leave. Well, the the other the old guy gets picks up his phone, like he kind of stumbles off. The guy that was next to me, I guess he could by by my expression understood that the conversation was over, so he kind of disappears, like doesn't that it's just fucking weird. And then I look over at the 36 that was leaving and it's backing up towards me, but like he has straightened out. So he's not like arcing back, like he's backing into the spot. He's coming towards my fender and I'm like, fuck, you know? So I, I have it in first, I put it in first and I start letting the clutch out so I can make a left to get away from him. And uh, it was just, it was just one of those weird, I mean, it all goes down within the space of maybe like two, three minutes, like f- maybe four minutes tops, but it was just a bunch of guys asked me about it. I was, I, I only kind of jokingly mentioned it in my post, you know, like they you know, drove the Buick to the cars and coffee and ended up like causing a fist fight. But I mean, it didn't totally, th- I mean, come to blows between the guys, but it was definitely like, you know, like shoving, but 
so fucking weird. Like, how? Why? Why? Why would you push a one-legged dude? <laughs> I mean, I guess you're being an asshole. You're being an asshole. Like, whether you're you got one legs or two, you know, you're you know, fuck around and find out and all that. But man, so weird. Um, but anyway, so yeah, that's that's what happened at Cars and Coffee. That's what happened at Grand National. Um, Trucky Verde now is back with Matt. Uh, like I said, he's they're doing another tune and they're trying to to see if the slipping that I was experiencing with the new transmission is actually the transmission slipping or if it's, you know, basically if this one's not going to make it either. Uh, if this one doesn't make it, we'll we'll step it up, but we'll see. So, um, yeah, sorry that this one is so delayed. I really was trying to wait until I could, uh, I wanted to have Shane here to have that conversation, but he's, uh, he's rewiring a, uh, a Malibu project for another guy that did an LS swap, uh, into a Malibu. So, uh, he was busy doing that and, uh, yeah, that, that's what happened. So, um, Sorry I wasn't able to get uh, a podcast out last month. I'm going to try and do another one this month. I am going to shoot for an interview if I can figure out the new uh, over-the-phone recording. We're going to have to go that route. But, yeah, that that's what's going on. Hope you guys are all doing well. I really appreciate all the positive feedback I'm getting. Uh, I'm working hard to figure out transitions and... Uh, the service that I use has, uh, I guess it's been purchased by Spotify. So we'll have to figure out the changes there, but in the, I hope, hope you guys are digging it and I hope you feel like I'm getting better. So, uh, feedback's always appreciated. If there's any topic you want me to cover or, uh, you know, anything else you guys want me to look into or, or to talk about, um, let me know. Uh, I'll, I'll pursue it and I hope you guys are doing good. All right. Till next time. All right. Well, I had hoped I'd plan. Well, I had hoped and planned for this part to be about the Grand National Roadster Show, but it's going to be more of a Truckee Verde update. So, on the way down to Grand National Roadster Show, I always shoot down 99. Uh, I'd only had Truckee Verde back for a couple of weeks, and I work from home, so I'm not commuting in this thing. Uh, I didn't have a lot of miles on it. I don't think I got more than a tank and a half of gas through it uh, between, you know, picking it up and then taking it back for the first oil change. And then, you know, the the time I had it up until the trip. And so I, I was being real easy on it, you know, and it ran fantastic uh, all the way down. I did stop at a, a junkyard. I forget the name. But it doesn't matter because it turned out that it was closed. I posted pictures about it in the past. If you want to go through my Instagram, you can find them. And uh, probably be depressing if you do, to be honest. Because it's uh, even in California, it's not easy to find a junkyard with you know, old stuff in it uh, that still has parts worth taking. But uh, this one did. He had a lot of really cool stuff from the 50s and 60s still. Uh, lots of, you know, good iron, usable fenders, trim, script, interior, you know, windshields, side windows, all the stuff. Um, he had a, 
a good amount of even rebuildables, which really was kind of my favorite part of the yard. If I wasn't in there getting something for one of my galaxies, you know, just walking through and seeing, you know, this kind of slowly rotating group of cars that he had. It was about like five and six cars wide and uh, the length of the yard. So probably maybe acre, two acres, maybe three acres long. Um, and most of the cars that he kept on that side of the yard were, you know, if they had any body damage at all, really light. Uh, and, you know, mostly complete cars that you could just go in and bring home and it would have been a good start for whatever project you were after. You know, Camaros and uh, Cadillacs, Lincolns, uh, a couple Galaxies, trucks, um, and a lot of like oddball shit too with a kind of a mix of some Japanese in there. Um, so it was a really cool yard and it, I was sad to uh, to find out that the family had sold it and I don't know how many cars got rescued before the crusher showed up, but uh, the lady that was there said they they crushed the majority of the shit that was still in there. So that was a bummer. Um, I always stop at uh, Stone Custom Fab. Uh, so shout out to Jake. Always stoked to see him. And uh, especially when I get to see him at his shop, uh, he always nice enough to take a little time to uh, kind of walk me through the projects he's got going at the time. And uh, I've been stopping there every year for, I don't know, a long time. I think right after he opened that shop. So it's been really cool to see his, uh, you know, product line grow, to see his business grow. Um, it's always neat to see the projects he's working on. He focuses on, you know, st you know, stock floor body drop style frames for uh, mostly Chevy trucks, but he does other, you know, other stuff too. And then he's got his own suspension line. So it's been really neat to to see that business grow over time. And I, I really look forward to that stop. Uh, and then, uh, on the way down, you know, the truck was running flawless the whole way. And I was really happy with, you know, not only the sound, but she like really puts you back in the seat. Uh, when you stand on it, that Magnuson supercharger is not a cheap accessory to add, <laughs> but uh it's absolutely worth its worth its price i'm i couldn't be happier and we got the uh five point the hottest 5.3 we could find that still had a california air uh resource board sticker to make it legal and then put that magnuson on top of it so pretty pretty excited um i don't we still don't know how much power she's making unfortunately the uh Turns out the first transmission was never fully uh, engaged. It, it just it wasn't making enough pressure. And uh, I was to find out that between that and the uh, the different the bigger converter that they have in it, uh, I got hung up in traffic on the steepest grade part of the grapevine uh, due to a, a semi truck that had caught fire. And so we we're just like you know, maybe an hour and a half in bumper to bumper traffic, kind of just idling up this grade and it just smoked the trans. Um, nowhere for me to go, uh, no place for me to pull over really. Um, 
by the time, and I, I honestly didn't really know that I had a problem until the traffic opened up and I tried to accelerate away, you know, with, from the, you know, past the accident, finally, when I reached that point and I just, you know, didn't have, um, I didn't have anything. I don't, I think I would get first and some, and then second, but nothing past that. And it was, it was just hurt. Um, so I, I limped it to the, the next exit, uh, was able to get a hold of Matt and he was just like, well, you know, let's see if you can limp it the rest of the way. And, uh, I made it into Pomona that way. And she got me to the hotel. So pretty stoked on that, but that's where she died. And, uh, that kind of threw a, a wrench into the whole show. I got really lucky in that a, a buddy of mine was in town. And so, you know, I rode with him. We got to the show. I had to cancel the uh, podcast interviews that I had planned to do in person while I was there. So huge bummer on that. Um, and then uh, I, I have, I don't want anybody to like think that I'm upset about it. You know, this is like part of the process when you're, you make a change like this, you know, it's things just don't, at least for me, they never go right the first time and sometimes not the third time. Um, but I do want to definitely thank Matt and the guys at TBR. I, I was able to get AAA to tow the truck back uh, to Fresno, which is kind of the halfway-ish point. Uh, and uh, he drove down uh, with his own truck and his own trailer and, and picked up my truck and from a friend's place in Fresno and took it the rest of the way back. So I didn't end up having to try and get a repair down in SoCal, but I do want to thank the the folks at Magnuson. Uh, I guess Matt reached out to them, and they uh, reached out to me uh, with a shop that they like in the area that does their some of their transmission work. So uh, didn't work out. I didn't end up using that uh, the hookup, but I still super appreciated them, you know, taking the time. And uh, I hope to hope to get down there and do a podcast with uh, the Magnuson folks um, down the road. So fingers crossed on that. Uh, I did get the truck back uh, and I didn't have it again um, for very long until uh, they showed up and took it back from me. I guess they're going to try uh, tuning it some more with the, or the new transmission. But uh, yeah, we'll see see if the second time's the charm or if I'm going to uh, give up on the the 4L60 and go with something bigger. So not the recap of my Grand National Roadster Show experience that I, I wanted to give, but kind of more of a Truckee Verde update. <laughs> I did have a great time at the show. Um, I absolutely love Grand National Roadster Show. If you ever get the chance, you should make it make the effort it, it's absolutely worth it it's a a whole day and you won't you won't see it all um it does change because of the drive-in portion of the show which is a big part um you know guys show up some guys do show up both days but you know most guys just show up one day and then the next day it's a whole another group of cars that park in the middle so it's a good time and there's a lot of guys i only get to see at you know, that show or shows like that. So I'm always, always really excited to go. But uh, yeah, I'm kind of bummed that my update isn't more about the show. 
uh, and more about the uh, the failure. But c'est la vie. It is what it is. Um, yeah, so that was Grand National Roadster Show in a nutshell. On to the next. So this part I wanted to separate out because um, I don't get to do these very often. I'm always excited when I do. Um, hopefully someday I'll be popular enough that I'll get to to do, you know, test out new cars and shit like some of the, the big guys do. Um, so as I, I probably, I'm sure I'll put this after my Grand National Roadster Show slash like Trucky Verde update. Um, but because the, the trans failed and I had to have the truck towed home from L.A., I ended up uh, needing a rental and I always try and rent something cool. And I got lucky and um, I, I don't for some reason there wasn't a lot of cars available and uh, I ended up getting a Mustang convertible, which may not be a big deal for most of you, I'm sure. But um, I'm a pretty big dude and I have recently lost a uh pretty good amount of weight and so I just wasn't able to fit in pony cars before and now I can so I'm pretty excited about it and <clears throat> uh, getting an opportunity to not only test drive the a Mustang but to really spend time with it I, I was kind of excited uh, granted it was a two liter Mustang uh, so it was the two liter straight four and uh, certainly not the model I would have chosen. <laughs> but I got to say, I was really happily surprised with the performance. I mean, it wasn't not enough that I would buy one, uh, to be sure. I I, I don't know. I, I personally just could not buy a pony car without, you know, having that V8. But that little Turbo 4 was, it was nice. Uh, it was, it didn't necessarily sound fantastic and in some parts of the the power band it even sounded oddly a little subaru-ish which i did not expect um but it was you know it had enough beans under the hood that it got a little sideways on me uh when i was making a left-hand turn through an intersection one time um there weren't any people around so i don't know who the mustang was trying to kill uh other than me but still uh interesting that it could it could do it um, uh, one thing that I was happily, uh, reminded was how much I love convertibles. Uh, I know that mo there's a, most guys aren't into convertibles and I, I don't understand that. I absolutely am. Uh, my first car was a convertible, uh, posted pictures of it before 66 galaxy 500 convertible. Um, basically same car as my green car, but white with red interior and convertible. I still have that car. Uh, I had been hit by a drunk driver one night and uh, thankfully had the room to to still ha hang on to it. So I've been collecting parts and kind of bouncing between other projects, but making progress when I can. Uh, and it's been over 20, well over 20 years since I've been able to drive it regularly and getting into this Mustang and, you know, putting that top down it was just like this huge reminder of how much I love that and it's weirdly therapeutic for me that's like the top goes down it's like the weight came off my shoulders I just felt so much better instantly 
and uh, had a whole day, extra day to kill. Uh, my buddy had uh, come down for the show and then left once I had a rental. And uh, I was still trying to figure out how to get Chucky Verde home. So I, I just, you know, didn't have anything else to do. Uh, so I dropped the top and shot out to the coast. Uh, ended up driving down the coast a ways and just really enjoying uh, the experience. I will say uh, it, there were a few things I didn't like about the Mustang. It kind of cooled my... I absolutely still want to to take one, uh, you know, with a V8 out. I want that experience. I want to see what it's like. But uh, I guess I've spent too much of my life in General Motors products. And I just, I never quite, I don't know if it was not working because it was a rental, but I never got the air conditioning or heater controls working the way I wanted them to. Um, I, like, again, I don't know if it's because it, maybe it just didn't work or maybe I just, wasn't smart enough to figure it out, but it just, I couldn't get the, you know, heat to come out the way I wanted or the AC to come out the way I wanted. And it just, just didn't feel like it was doing what it was supposed to do. Uh, the other thing that I thought kind of bummed me out about it was the, I guess the convertible top must have been out of adjustment because for, you know, it's a convertible, obviously. So there's there's an A pillar and then there's no B pillar. There's no C pillar. You know, top goes down. Well, in order for the windows to seal up, the windows go up and in to the, the lip of the top. And so when you go to open the door, this... And I know other cars do this too. And I, I don't... It's, I'm just not a fan of it. But the window kind of jerks down just a little bit so it clears. But, you know, so every time you open and closing the door, the window's doing this like pop up and down, just like maybe a half an inch, quarter, a maybe a little bit over a quarter inch. But anyway, when you had, when I had the top up and I would roll the windows up, the little windows, you know, not the door window, but the window behind it, it would hit the, it just wasn't going up all the way. It wouldn't seal. So there was like a sliver um, you know, a kind of a, like a, a pie shaped sliver from the top going down or wider at the top, you know, thinner going down that wouldn't seal on either side of the car. Um, so that was kind of weird and kind of bummed me out that, you know, a, such a new vehicle had, had that issue. <clears throat> I don't know what it would take to fix something like that. Or, you know, if it's, uh, an issue across the board with the Mustang convertibles, but, I mean, it was a rental, so who knows what kind of abuse it'd seen before I got it, even though it didn't have very many miles. Um, but all in all, I, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I got to drive it not only, you know, around L.A. and then down down the coast uh, after I got Truckee Verde figured out and shipped off to Fresno uh, to a buddy's house um, that was going to sit on it until Matt got there to pick it up. And uh, thanks again to the guys at TBR for doing that. I really appreciate it. Uh, drove all the way down from Sacramento to, to Fresno to, to pick up my truck and, you know, make sure it got serviced under their, their watchful eye. So that's really cool. But it meant that I got to drive the Mustang, you know, from L.A. all the way up to Sacramento. And uh, my kids have not had a chance to, to ride 
in a, a newer convertible like that. So uh, I got in kind of late, but I had to get it to the, you know, I had to get it to the the rental return all the way out at the Sacramento airport. So uh, I got to have the kids jump in with me and uh, cruised all the way down to the airport and then uh, tanked it up right there at the airport and dropped the top so, you know, the kids could experience that and they loved it. So it was really fun. I, I really enjoyed my time with it. I was genuinely sad to see it go, even with uh, the little two liter. Um, so yeah, it was cool. Uh, really neat to have that experience and get that chance to drive the Ford, uh, Mustang. I absolutely will, you know, jump at the chance to do it again. If, if I can, I'd like to, to do it with a V8 if I can. Um, I do have another trip coming up in, um, uh, well, in a couple weeks, I'll be going to the Lone Star Roundup. So I'm, I'm going to try and rent a Camaro for that trip and compare the two. I don't know if I'm a pony car guy, to be honest. I I thought I would be. Um, I don't know. It, I, I am enjoying. I, I did enjoy my time in it, but I don't. I don't know if that's, I don't know if that's the move for me, but no, I thought it was cool. If you ever get the chance to, to, to take one out, um, if you got to rent something, might as well rent something fun, give it a shot. And so that was my, my experience with the Mustang. Okay. So that was just a, a short episode. Uh, ended up mostly being kind of a recap of my Grand National Roadster Show trip. Unfortunately, I didn't get the time to, or the I didn't have the ability to meet up with uh, the folks I wanted to and uh, get a, you know, an actual interview in uh, because of my transmission failure with Trekkie Verde, but that's all fixed now and I've got her back. Uh, so I'm getting this recorded and uh, put out. I'm hoping to get two episodes done this month to to make it up to you guys i really want to meet my goal this year of putting out at least one a month and i i'm just so much shit going on that i didn't get didn't get this one out as fast as i wanted to but i'll be traveling traveling to the lone star roundup this uh this next week so i'm really excited for that i'm gonna try and get some stuff done while i'm there as well so if you are in Texas or are in the Austin area, uh, hit me up. If you catch me at the show, I think I'll be there Saturday. I don't know if I'll be Sunday, but um, you see me walking around uh, with, you know, I'll have I'm, I'll be wearing my my hat with the lowered logo on it. I'll have some stickers with me, and uh, yeah, it'd be cool to meet you guys. So uh, hope you're having a good week. Hope this uh, year so far is going good for you and that you didn't get, if you're in the West Coast, you didn't get washed away with all the rain. Uh, yeah, that that's, that's going to, sorry it's such a short show, <laughs> but I uh, hope you guys liked it and uh, look forward to the next one.